0: Hey there! It's Josh. Welcome to the uh, Nooner, or as we'll probably start calling it, Noonish with Josh. Uh, uh, It's just me this week, so um, feel free to uh, ask any questions you may have. Uh, The lovely Chris Spangle will be reading uh, your comments. Hi, Chris. Hello, dear. Good to see you, man.
1: Oh, It's nice to see you, too. We haven't really spoken this week. (laughs) I haven't seen you at all, yeah.
0: Our schedule's been different, and and, uh, I know you had a wild weekend Yeah. Last weekend. So
1: that big nor'easter, I flew into Philly and it was, it was like a roller coaster where you weren't wearing straps and you might actually die. (laughs) So it wasn't fun. But whenever, when we landed, finally the, the wings were still tilting back and forth. Oh. And then everybody started weeping because we lived. So, oh my gosh! That did bad. you feel emotion? Like were you? I wasn't emotional. No, I but I was holding on to my seatbelt pretty tight. Man,
0: and yeah. you not you take some footage that made it on to <laughs> national news.
1: I, I posted it on Instagram, and uh, the ABC Evening News picked it up and used it.
0: How did they pick that up? Did you hashtag it Nor'easter or something? Or, or no,
1: I think I tagged the Philadelphia Airport. Maybe okay. Yeah, wild. So yes, we're taking your questions. Enough about me. Nobody cares about me. They care about Josh Arnold, and he's going to answer your questions. Leave them in the comments, and you can ask him anything. Yeah. First, Ryan on Twitter wants to know, what is worse, running out of ketchup, ranch, toilet paper, or just running in general? <laughs>
0: I'm going to say running in general, but it's not because um, I think it's a bad activity. I'm terrible at it, and it's not because I'm fat. I, If I were, like, when I was thin... I was never good at running, so I'm going to go with running.
1: All right. Have you ever been bungee jumping? Like- I have.
0: Yes. Uh, I was in high school. It was in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and uh, I it it took me a little bit. I was I was scared, and uh, but when I did it, I I loved it. I th- there's got to I think there's video footage of of that out there somewhere.
1: More rope. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan wants to know: Have you ever made a joke that while funny? You regret saying it.
0: Every day. Almost every morning, there's something like that, whether it's um, because it made Tom angry or because it... Actually, you know, the, the most... Usually what happens is I'll make a joke and it'll come out harsher than I meant it to. Um, I'm either not as upset about whatever it is that I was joking about or um, I look more passionate about it than I really was. So that's that's... Those are the ones that always bum me out when You can accidentally hurt somebody's feelings or come across as being mean. Uh, I never actually mean, I I never like uh, when any of my comedy, when it seems like it comes from a place of malice.
1: So, you say when you make Tom mad, I've been here almost five years. I, I don't think I've ever seen Tom, I've seen him irritated. There was only one time where he was like above irritated, but he wasn't necessarily mad. So, like, when you say you made Tom mad with a joke, like, what do you mean?
0: I I, actually, that's a way I, I irritated him either. I, (laughs) either he was going in a certain direction with a topic and my joke derailed that direction that can irritate him. Or, um, today I mentioned some things that I guess he just thought weren't (laughs) like, he didn't, he just did not want us to be talking about. (laughs) And so he, uh, he, I mean, I, I, I've now there's a look now he can give me where
1: I know he's irritated. (laughs) Can you um, can you imitate that look? Um, that and
0: it's very close to a look he'll give somebody when he's acting like he's irritated too. So, but there's a there's something in the eyes you can tell.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like a part disappointment, part anger, right? Part shut your mouth. Yes, yeah, I've gotten that. Uh, Brad wants to know, literary questions, favorite novel, favorite autobiography, and the fattest book you've ever read?
0: Oh, that's interesting. The fa- uh, my favorite autobiography is a book called Permanent Midnight by Jerry Stahl. He was a, a television writer and then a film writer um, and, and a novelist as well. Uh, he still still writes great stuff. Um, his most famous, he's, he wrote for Alf and Moonlighting in the 80s, and then he co-wrote um, or at least did some rewrites on uh, Bad Boys Two, and uh, but his book Permanent Men- It was made into a movie by Ben Stiller, but I really recommend the book. It's about his um, uh, life in L.A. and his heroin addiction and and his recovery, and it is, I mean, it is intense and funny and sad, and it's it's awesome. Favorite novel would um, boy, that's tough. Um, I guess I can maybe go by genre. Uh, horror is probably it, um, just because it's so big in scope. I mean, it's, it's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's just, it's pretty great. And, um, liter I mean, I love, oh, geez. Yeah. I'm sorry. This, I mean, this is just a tough question. Uh, world according to Garp has got to be in there. Um, and then uh maybe favorite classic would be uh, Pride and Prejudice. I know, yeah. I love Jane Austen. I don't give a sh- I don't care
1: who knows it. <laughs> Point of personal privilege. I read uh, Miss Pat's book, Rabbit, this over the over this week. I read it in like three hours. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Huh. It's really good and she reads the autobiography on the audiobook. She does a great job with it, but Man, what a life. I bet. Nothing I'm used to. Uh, Justin wants to know, what's your morning routine to prepare for the show? I wake up and...
0: Uh... <laughs> Sorry, uh, somebody was making a hand gesture uh, just outside <laughs> the studio there, uh, essentially answering that question, but, <laughs> but it's not true. I, uh, I'll i get up around 4.30. Um, that's when My alarm goes off at 4.29 so I'm usually out of bed by 4.33. I mean, sometimes I'll just sit there. And then uh, take a shower, make breakfast, eat, brush my teeth, and then leave for work. Um, No TV or music in the morning. I don't check social media until after the show. And I don't look at the news until after the show. So I come in here around, in between anywhere... (laughs) Sometimes 5.45, usually 5.58, and come in and sit down because I don't want to know anything that we're... I don't really want to know about anything that we're going to talk about, so.
1: Yeah, so this is a question that Martin just asked. He wanted to know what you do to prep for a show, so you don't prep at all?
0: I don't, no. Um. Yeah, no, I don't do any prep because I find that if I if I were to do prep, I would probably i have a fear that i would zone off like i would zone out on the air like if i if the story if i already knew about the story i would i, I probably wouldn't pay attention but not knowing what we're gonna be talking about kind of forces me to pay attention the whole time and i i think my jokes are better when they're completely off the cuff as opposed to planned like there, there would i can't think of anything worse than planning one of the stupid jokes i say <laughs> <laughs> and then it not getting a laugh or, and just being like, oh, why did I... I actually took time out to write that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I prefer just to be off the cuff.
1: David wants to know, do you miss doing comedy on a regular basis?
0: I don't. I'm Right now I'm doing stand-up the uh, perfect amount of time, which is eh, once a month, once every couple months, and um, I prefer that to doing it weekly. The, the only thing I do miss is um working on new bits because when you when you're doing comedy every week you have all kinds of opportunity to write while you're on stage and um riff on some topics and stuff like that and I now doing it less frequently I don't get a chance to do that so I do miss the thrill of coming up with a new joke on the fly or um but th- this
1: show actually allows me to do that every day so great uh this is Daniel Daniel wants to know. Not a question, but please tell your joke about the wax on your braces. The world deserves to hear it. Oh, that's very nice so, of you. So let me give you a Tom setup. Hmm. Uh, Josh, I've noticed that you now have braces as an adult.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. They're a little, uh, they're tough. They're tough. The uh, When I first got them put on, my one of my brothers goes, hey, uh, now that you have braces, make sure you don't kiss anybody else with braces or else they could get stuck together. I'm kissing somebody else with braces I've got bigger problems than that. I'm not hanging around the roller rink or lurking outside justice at the mall. They give you all this wax to put on your uh, braces when you first get them. So your lips and cheeks don't snag those first few days. I had more wax in my mouth than the perverted night watchman at Madame Tussauds. (laughs) And that's one of those jokes that, uh, four people out of a (laughs) hundred like, or get, I don't know,
1: but Tom's one of them. Yeah.
0: He loves it. So, uh, and it's a joke that even though it doesn't really get much in a live show, I say it almost every time because I just like saying it.
1: It's <laughs> so. very funny. Uh, Mary, <laughs> do you own a motorcycle? And nope. What, oh, sorry. And what do you think about motorcycle clubs?
0: I, I'm i fine with them. I, I, I don't own a motorcycle. Um, I've ridden on a few, and I've never just driven one. I've driven scooters <laughs> but i've never driven like an actual motorcycle motorcycle clubs i would think would be pretty cool like I, you sometimes you'll see them like the first great day of spring like you, you you'll often see big like groups of motorcycleists uh going down and i'm always like man that's got to be pretty sweet you just get it with a bunch of friends and you just check out you have a um, bar
1: yeah sure yeah, yeah beat up anybody that comes in that you don't know i don't think
0: every motorcycle gang is like how they are in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Chris. <laughs> I
1: <think>. Oh no, <laughs> my bike! <laughs> Butch wants to know: Do you plan on pursuing acting seriously? Um,
0: you know that was that was the plan. Uh, to, uh, in fact, maybe a year before I got this gig, I was uh, packed up and ready to go to L.A. Um, and something. Uh, Oh, I was offered a day job out there, out in L.A. And so I, like, broke my, I, you know, I, I, I didn't re-sign my lease, and I um, was all packed up and ready to go. And then that job fell through, and a different job came came in that was still in St. Louis, and so I ended up staying there. But that was the goal for a while, and I was actually um, on the cusp again of moving out there when I got this job. Hmm. so And that was just to go out and... Do whatever I had to do. I'd sweep at a warehouse or work in some. I mean, I honestly, I would rather sweep, sweep at a workhouse, workhouse a war, warehouse than work in a cubicle again because I, I'm just not good at it. Um, it. There's no. I have no. I have, actually I have the utmost respect for people who work in corporate America because, like, I've seen people who really, I've seen them, they love it and they're good at it. I, I just wasn't good at it at all. So I would rather do something.
1: You were ready to do anything possible to get into Hollywood, is what you just said.
0: Nothing was off the table.
1: (laughs) Ralph, this is actually a really common question that we see all the time on social media. Yeah. Ralph, are you ever going to sing a complete version of the 69 song without letting Tom stop you?
0: (laughs) You know, I started to write one out, and I've thought about it and stuff, but I think... The, my favorite part of that joke is the fact that Tom, st- and and he and I have, have, without ever discussing it, have kind of figured out a the symbiotic relationship of. He stops me just before it gets too crass, like it's already juvenile and <laughs> and stupid and suggestive, but just before it tips into that area of like. Unairable that unairable area. Okay, he stops me, and I think that's funnier than any full length song I could come up with.
1: Must we go down vulgar road? <laughs> yeah. Is one of my favorite <laughs> top yeah. songs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Trish wants to know what is the strangest thing you've ever done with your feet. My feet. Wow. Um. What
0: an interesting question. I wonder what that's about. I think we know. If Trish, I mean, I guess there are, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that she has like a foot fetish, but you never think about the women who have foot fetishes. That has to be a thing. Absolutely.
1: Um, if you can think of it, it exists.
0: I don't know. I mean, this is, the answer's going to bum most of you out, I think. It's
1: got to be, I mean, it's. <laughs> Daniel says, you know, put them in running shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Daniel, if that weren't so funny, I'd be mad at you. Uh, It, you look, you do things in the throes of passion. That's all I'll say
1: about it. Whoa. (laughs) I'm not going to get into it. Jeff wants to know, you one time said you might possibly have a chance at getting on SNL. Can you tell us about that experience?
0: That was not, that was not, I, I, no, that was never, I, that's not me. I think he's mistaken somebody, uh, for me or, or, you know, okay. Cause I've never, I, if, yeah, no, that, that was not
1: me. So I'm, I'm not sure. Christine wants to know, how would the world be if house cats were 900% larger?
0: I mean, vastly different. <laughs> I would think, uh, we would constantly be hiding in fear i would cuz they're going to eat us right there's no way they wouldn't absolutely they're predators <laughs> yeah, so i think uh, we would be i would be right now this would be broadcasting from some bunker i would think <laughs> would be the first um i mean our beaches would be unvisitable they would just be covered in shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: So so this person referenced Indianapolis, but let's say nationally. What is your favorite place to eat? Cracker Barrel is my all-time favorite restaurant. Easy enough. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Uh, Stop, stop. We only have 30 minutes.
0: If you want to know, if you are interested in the Indianapolis area, uh, Ale Emporium is one of my favorite places to eat. Mm. And uh, it's funny. I've lived here about a year and a half, and I'm still getting to Metro Diner is another one of my favorite places to eat. Garen wants to know when you're going to have more songs like Mr. Grizz. Working on about th- working on 3 different ones now, so
1: um, soon. Okay. Jake asks, would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself and why? I'm going to choose anyone but myself because
0: I um don't want to know my own future like i i would if i knew what was what was going to happen in 10 minutes that 10 minutes would be devoted to what was going to happen in 10 minutes so i don't think that's any way to live i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do that
1: let's see here uh on a scale of 1 to 10 adrian <laughs> asks how intolerable do you find baby photos on social media um you know i not that
0: intolerable like even if I were to get annoyed, it makes perfect sense that they're out there. I mean, um, I look—if I had a baby, I, I'm sure I would—I would be splashing photos everywhere just because you're so, you're, you know, you, you're so excited about it, and you're so proud and happy. And I think <laughs> a lot of people forget that when, like, what's super important to you and what you're super imp- passionate about. This this obviously is more about than just kids but you tend to assume that everybody who's following you is as passionate and excited about those things and a lot of times they're not but you know hey if you don't like it you can just mute them or something but i uh it doesn't bother me that much what does bother me are when people go man look at this hilarious video and you have to sit there and watch (laughs) it and it's never as funny as that person thinks
1: you'll think it is uh what could you give a 40 minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation. Michelle asks,
0: um, horror movies, um, uh, maybe cinema in general. I would feel pretty confident doing that. Um, this may be weird anxiety disorder. Uh, I've suffered, uh, uh, from that for, since I was in my teens and it's very genetic. So my dad uh, has it and I, and I, so actually, I would love to give presentations on that because I think it's super misunderstood. I think a lot of people think it's a um, uh, fad or or a uh, self fulfilled ailment. When really, there it's you know the folks with the chemical imbalance, like it's a you know it's it's an oh I feel down today or oh I, I feel anxious today because I have to give a speech. No, no, it's it's. Folks with legitimate panic disorder is way different. So, probably any of those topics. Okay. Porn, I would probably be able to give a pretty lengthy apology uh, for...
1: Lengthy, huh? And, and girthy. Uh, let's see. Doc wants to know, after getting to know the gang better, have you found anything especially odd or fascinating about any of them that surprised you? Hmm. Um...
0: Man. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm <laughs> not re- I don't know. No, I mean, not really. I-, I guess having known them a little bit through just being a guest for a few years,
1: um, let me put it this way if you were a listener and you didn't know them, what do you think would be the surprising thing about each one of them? Um,
0: Okay, oh, uh, man. Maybe how they're it, like. It's not like the show ends and everybody we all four of us get get in one car and go to lunch, and
1: then talk about um the show. Actually, it's really hard because they're almost exactly like they are on the air. Yeah, like yeah. I
0: mean, there are some. I mean, there are things that are exaggerated, obviously. Sure. Uh, in terms of. But that kind of goes uh, towards something I was saying earlier. One, one of us will really will get mad about a topic, and deep down, we're not that upset about it. Right. <laughs> but we're playing the foil to the Come other person. Yeah, or um, yeah. So uh, we're, sometimes we can be hyper versions of ourselves. But I, th- I, you know, what it probably is the fact that we don't really talk about the show. Like I would have, because every other job I've had, it's like, all right, well, on Fridays we'll have a meeting about how the sh- how how things are going and what we hope to. Do. We really don't do that. We talk about every now and then to be like, oh, that was a fun show or hey, that was funny when, but it was for the most part, we just come in here and then we leave and we just keep doing it. We don't really discuss the like content or what we're going to do in here it, or how really even how things are going. We can, I think it's because we can all feel if things were, if things weren't going well, we would probably talk more about it. I would think, I don't know. Interesting question. I wish I had, a, I wish I had better answers for you.
1: Matt wants to know: Do you think OJ did it?
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Okay. Uh, let's see. Andy wants to know what made you go to South Korea.
0: At the time, I was um, just starting open mics, doing stand up, and I was uh, working on scripts and things. Um, but you know, they were just for just writing on my own. They weren't for any. I wasn't getting paid for it, or anything like that. And I had this corporate job. That I just loathed. Uh, again, primarily because I just wasn't good at it. <laughs> so I just hated it. And um, I'd heard somebody talking on... I don't even really remember where I heard it. But I, I had heard about teaching in uh, overseas. And how Korea was the most um, lucrative in terms of... They paid for your airfare and they paid for your rent while you were over there. And so... Um, my great uncle had also lived in Korea for a couple of years. And so I had had interest in it from that. And so, um, I just decided, man, this job thing is, I, I can go over to Korea. I can save a bunch of money. Um, and I'm 24 or whatever. And I can learn, or I can do this before I really settle down. <laughs> who knew? Who knew I would still have 15 years and I, <laughs> um, could, uh, write while i was not te- while i wasn't teaching and just save money come back and then with that money i saved really hit the open mics and really start you know trying to submit writing and stuff like that so um that was yeah that was the main reason why
1: michelle with a great question a lot of good questions for michelle what are you really good at but kind of embarrassed that you're good at it
0: um that is a really good question i i'm I wonder if... I don't know that there is anything. Uh, You're
1: not a really, like, embarrassed by much.
0: True. And I'm not... I, I, I'm also... I don't have, like, secret talents. <laughs> like, I try to exploit my talents as much as I can. <laughs> um, hmm. Uh, maybe... Yeah, you know what? I I don't know that I would be embarrassed about any of these. There are a few things that I can do that... Um. I don't know. I mean, I've written, like, I'm okay at writing poetry, which I don't do a lot of, but every now and again, I will. And it's not like, you know, typical rhyme skiing poetry. It's like, it's I don't know. I mean, that's even a topic I probably shouldn't have brought it because it's just so hard to explain, but.
1: um, See Josh at the slam poetry uh event tonight in downtown. Indiana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's really nothing uh adrian said "quote unquote hand motion from other room i thought that was clever" <laughs> in in regards to that yes. question john wants to know how do you like your steak medium rare okay tyler wants to know what mythical creature do you most want to actually exist
0: either the loch ness monster or bigfoot i'm i'm
1: leaning towards the loch ness monster um I- yeah. Justin wants to know if there were a biopic about you, who would play you? Oh. Um
0: I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas?
1: I mean you're hmm. not gonna insult me. I'm just trying to think. Man, that's tough. You don't you don't um you don't look like many people.
0: Right. Like somebody's gonna have to gain weight, I think. Right. Because Jonah Hill doesn't really capture my essence, you know what I mean? Like he and I are pretty like we're fairly different, right? He's more, I think he
1: skews younger. Uh, Michael says Tom Selleck, Sean says Matt Damon. These are all. John says Danny DeVito. Very sarcastic of you. Uh, Uh, John Favreau, not a bad, not a bad. Yeah, that might be our. That might work. Uh, Tom Cruise did a good job with the suit in *Tropic Thunder*. (laughs) The villain from Toy Store. Oh, Wayne Wayne Knight? Yep. Huh. The guy from This Is Us. I don't know who that is. Oh, Chris Sullivan? That might work.
0: Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I I would eventually like to play Paul Giamatti
1: in his biopic. All right. Last couple uh, questions here. Chris wants to know, if you could write for any TV show ever, what would it be? Man, probably...
0: Um. Ooh, SNL would have been would be would have been fun at the in the right times. Uh and so hard. Um but that would have been part of the fun, I think. Um uh, What uh Larry Sanders show I think I would probably choose.
1: Okay, Ben wants to know how do you prep for a date?
0: I don't do a lot of prep. I um I normally wear what I wear. I mean, what I normally wear is what I wear on a date. Um, There's not a lot to do with my hair. There's not a lot. uh, I mean, I guess I'll shower and uh, that's about it and brush my teeth. There's really I don't
1: really have a lot of prep. All right. Daniel wants to know, I've been to a ton of live comedy shows and I'll never understand how comedians deal with loud drunks. How do you deal with them? And what was the worst heckler drunk you've had to put up with? Uh, let's see the, uh, I, I deal with them
0: now. I try to deal with them with open arms, which I still don't like it because it is just such an interruption. I mean, comedy, everybody knows you've all heard comedy is about timing and it just throws the timing off of everything. So, uh, it, I still get a, you know, in my head, I'm like, damn it when it happens, but I try to look at it now as an opportunity. So if somebody screams out, um, and usually, n- <laughs> Uh, the the vast majority of the time, these people aren't yelling out "you suck" or "get off the stage." They're trying to add. They think they're adding to your act, and they think they're helping by yelling out something they think is funny, or a callback, or, um, or you you know, they're they're just trying to to uh, get your attention, and usually in a positive way. But it, so I don't get mad anymore. Now I just try to like, well, I'll, I'll say what what makes you say that or or, you know what i mean like i'll try to um engage them a little bit because oftentimes you can mine material out of that uh so um the worst heckle a a lot of people though try to but but there's a fine line with it because if i then engage that person it can inadvertently encourage other people in the audience to yell out too um and it does just compound their thoughts of oh I helped the show because everybody laughed when I yelled something and then the comedian had to say something funny and it was a big laugh and but what you don't understand is I still had to do the heavy lifting just because you yelled something out and I was able to parlay it into something funny you didn't really help I had to do extra work it's almost like saying well uh you know he was lifting 150 pounds but then I threw 50 more pounds on and he lifted it Yeah, I mean, I still had to do all the work.
1: Right, because you're crafting material, practicing it, putting every note in the right place, and this guy derails it, and then you've got to try and scramble to make it funny. Exactly,
0: yeah, it's putting out a fire. Yeah. So, and audiences love when you can put out a fire, but, um, and it feels good when you're able to, but there are also times when you're just not able to, so it's a bummer. The worst, I don't know if this was a heckle per se, um... But the, <laughs> the the worst thing I heard say during one of my sets was uh, I was bombing so hard. And, and I had been bombing at this club all week. <laughs> and I had just quit my day job <laughs> to, uh, to do comedy full time. And uh, I, it was actually after my first appearance on this show that had gone well. And so I was on the road, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! I, I'm I'm doing comedy now full time." <laughs> and I just had a good appearance on Bob and Tom, and now, uh, and then I was at this club just bombing hard all week. And then one of the Saturday shows, <laughs> I'm just eating it. The audience hates me for whatever reason, and <laughs> uh, I tell this joke. It's in the middle of my set. I tell this joke, and it gets nothing, of course. And I'm sitting, I'm standing there, and I just hear. Like five seconds of silence, and then somebody in the middle of a sold out comedy club just goes, Wow. <laughs> and nobody even laughed at that. So, which tells me that the audience felt was feeling the exact same thing. <laughs> and that's like the worst thing. Cause I was just like, Man, they everyone in here thinks I suck at this, and maybe they're right, and I just altered my life. <laughs> to do
1: this whole time, oh, so that, I mean, that was a
0: rough moment.
1: How did you come back from that? Because you you halfway through and you had twenty more minutes to be funny. I
0: just, um, well, in this case, I was doing twenty minutes, so it was like, so I, don't, but still, I had ten minutes. I didn't. I just stayed in the pocket and just did. I, they must have thought I was insane because I just kept doing my act as though everything were going swimmingly, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> now when it happens I'll address it like I'll if I'm bombing I'll be like you know what folks uh you, you didn't care for me this evening and uh I'll be honest I kind of <laughs> I feel the same way about you. <laughs> but you know it's not your fault uh that you didn't think I was funny so, some of the jokes are your fault they were fu- they're funny that everybody's but some of this is on me and I just try to spin it like that like kind of have this false
1: yeah even inside
0: I'm like damn because I feel bad when I'm bombing I you want I want everybody to be having a good time. I don't want them to be sitting there miserable. They they have a babysitter, they paid for parking, they came in. I need to deliver. And right. look, if um uh, there is sometimes not I mean, as you, we all know, you're not everybody's gonna think you're funny, and sometimes you get more people in a room <laughs> than than not that don't think you are. And, it's so uh,
1: weird how you get how that happens where just the right mixture of chemistry Yes. You're a, you're a very funny person. Everybody knows that. And then sometimes it just doesn't happen in the sure. audience. What do you yeah. do you have any kind of thoughts on how that turns out? If there's out? no
0: external uh component, meaning if it's not too hot or not too cold or there's something really distracting going on, if there's cuz that can change a comedy room in a second. But or if there's a mic glitch, you know, everybody's just anticipating that glitch, they're not really paying attention to your but if everything's perfect, and you're just not getting laughs, um, occasionally it'll be, it's, because I'll look out, and everybody's just ha- huge smiles on their faces. So I'm like, okay, they, they are having fun, they're just not laughing. And it's either because they're all, so let, let's say this table really wants to laugh, but these three tables don't, this table's not going to laugh, because mm. they're going to feel silly. And so sometimes, uh, sometimes unconsciously a an audience will just decide hey we're not gonna laugh that much but they have a they buy the most merch and they have the most compliments after the show it's weird right but i just try to remember hey i'm not for everybody i mean and that goes the same with the show there are people who listen to the show or maybe don't even listen anymore because of me meaning they listen to the show in spite of me Mm -hmm. or they don't listen anymore because i'm on it like they just don't like me and that's going that's just going to happen um and I can't help it.
1: It's just so, the law of averages. You can be the most likable person in the world, like you are. And when you're exposed to millions of people, they just go, eh, not a fan. Yeah, yeah, gonna who be knows? A, it's like 5% of people. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what are you going to do? But uh,
0: the best thing with stand-up is usually you have a show pretty soon after your last one. So after I bomb hard, I need to get up and do another one because a lot of times that one will go well. And then you can go, okay, all right. I don't feel but when it's the last show of the week and then you've got like 3 or 4 days to just stew with that
1: it's <laughs> like
0: oh man yeah it's pretty wild. All right, well that's enough. Okay, man, thank you so much everybody for watching. Um we're going to have uh, guests of course uh on nooners and then every now and again it'll just be me. So um really appreciate you listening. I hope it's interesting for you and kind of fun and uh keep listening to Bob and Tom, anything going on with the store or the, uh,
1: yeah, lots of good stuff at Bob and But the audio of these nooners are on our free podcast feed. So if you haven't heard all of them, you can go back and listen to the audio of each one of the ones that we're doing. Just go to your iTunes or Google play or stitcher and search for Bob and Tom. And then you can get the podcast and, and hear these. If you can't watch them. Great.
0: Cool. Well, thanks so much, Bailey. Thanks, Chris. And we'll see you guys next week.